good. Well, good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That, that's why we're here today. This is our, our Easter celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I was up early this morning, and I uh, had a message on my phone, and it was a, a friend of mine who gets up on Sunday mornings and prays for a bunch of preachers. And I'm on that list. I mean, there must be 200 names on there. There's just a lot of people. And so I, I'm, one, I'm one of them. And I, I simply, I hit a little reply to him and said, he is risen, he is risen indeed. And he came back a little bit later and said, what are you doing up so early? <laughs> and I said, I'm just trying to get the storyline right for the sermon today. And he said, well, here it is. He was dead and now he's alive. There you go. And in essence, that's exactly what we're talking about. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, we believe, as those who follow Jesus Christ, as those who have, to some level or some way, put trust in him, have faith in him, we believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a central event of all of human history. And we believe that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, something so significant has happened that there is not a need, there is not a worry, there is not a challenge, there is not a hope that cannot experience and be, be met by this resurrection power of the living God. And if we think about those things, it, it is pretty amazing. It's also very simple. He was dead, now he's alive. I read a passage of Scripture today from Mark's gospel. Mark, uh, it, it's a, a short version of the resurrection story. We don't get a lot of details. And uh, in, in Mark, there's, there's eight verses I'm going to read. Now, in, some, in your Bible, some of you, you have about nine more verses in italics. Those probably were things that, that uh, Mark didn't have originally, but that, he, that doesn't mean they're not true. It just means that they come along a little bit later. Part of the beauty of Mark's story is it has an abrupt ending, and there it is, and it gives us a moment to reflect on how we might experience what the people in the story experience. And as I read this, I want to invite you to have a question in your mind, because as I read it, you're going to, you're going to hear a, a messenger from God instruct these first witnesses to an empty tomb to go to Galilee. I'll say a bit about that. And I, I invite you to think, well, where's my Galilee? How does, how does faith and life intersect in my life? How do, how do the words of Scripture, the story of Scripture, and my experience in life, where do they intersect? And perhaps they intersect at what you could envision as your place where you desire most, need most, or long most to know that there is and to meet with a living God, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. That's your Galilee. Let's think about it. Here's the scripture, Mark 16. <clears throat> when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting at the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. Well, he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. 
And there you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Would you pray with me? God, hear our prayers today. As we gather in this place, there's celebration in some of our hearts and minds. There's fear in others. And God, we, we, we all come together as the body of Christ, and we come seeking after you, and we seek to, to experience and to proclaim he is not here. He is risen from the dead. So come, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, into our hearts, into our midst this day, we pray in your name. Amen and amen. There's been a lot happened since the last time we got together. Uh, we, we've seen some things that we've remembered. A, a last supper with Jesus and his disciples, and at that time was instituted what we refer to as the Lord's Supper that we remember again once today, once again today. We, uh, we perhaps have, have walked through a garden of anguished prayer. We've seen an arrest. We've seen a trial. We've seen a mocking. We've seen a scourging. Bad idea. Bad thing. We have been to the cross, Jesus Christ crucified, dead, and buried. And uh, we left it off with others in that, that first century, those people. We left it off with Jesus laid in a tomb. And then we've waited, waited in silence, waited with anxiety, waited with fear, waited with not knowing what to think would happen next. The, the, the first witnesses to an empty tomb, they didn't have 2,000 years of reading this story, see? They didn't know what we know. They hadn't, they hadn't talked about all these things, and, and they, they had no frame of reference for somebody being dead one day and alive the next. That, that just, and, and, well, frankly, some of you have some problems with that as well. I get that. We understand that. But here we are joining with others down through thousands of years, and we join with people that bear witness to the fact that God is alive, that God always has the next word, the final say. Death, death, death doesn't get the last say. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've done a lot since the last time we got together. Now we're with these, these women who come on the first day of the week, and see, Jesus, he'd been placed in the tomb. Uh, some, Joseph Arimathea, some of the men had gotten together, and they they had put Jesus' body in the tomb. They, they'd had that much done. But they have these Sabbath rules. They got their rules to follow. And that means that they got to get it done by sundown on Friday. And so they hasten and they get on out of there. And Now, early on the first day of the week, the women, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, they, they have got the spices. They're going to they're gonna complete the task. They're going to prepare Jesus' body for, its, for burial completely. And so here they come early in the morning, first rays of sunlight. They're asking themselves a question because the last thing they saw was somebody putting this, this stone, big stone, big, big, big stone in the, the, the face of the, of the tomb. And so they're saying, how, how are we going to get in? In essence, how we, who's going to roll this stone away? How's, how is that going to happen? And I don't know if it was just because they got closer, because the light came up or whatever it was, but they realized that the stone is, real, is rolled away. It's moved away. It's not there. They walk into this tomb, not as eerie as it might sound. I mean, we go into mausoleums and we go to places of burial. We do that. that that's what they were doing. But instead of being met with uh, the remains, the corpse of Jesus, where they left him, they see a man, a young man, clothed in a white robe. That's Bible code language for angel. And this, this messenger of God says, don't be alarmed because they were and you would be too, 
Don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene. He is risen. He's not here. It's just as he told you. And he, he, Now, go, go, go. Go to Galilee. He's gone ahead of you there, just as he said he would be. Now, tell Peter and tell, tell the other disciples, tell them to go to Galilee. That's where he is. You'll meet with him there. Their response was so un-Easter. Uh, on Easter, you're supposed to sing hallelujah choruses. You're supposed to throw journey into the end of a praise song somehow. I don't know, I don't know how you do this stuff. Hey, you're supposed to celebrate. You're supposed to have a, a new, new dress and a new suit. You're supposed to dye Easter eggs. And you're supposed to have family together. And you're supposed to do all these things. And, and, and their, their response was so un-Easter. Their response was fear and trembling, and they fled from the place and didn't tell anybody. Now, that is so on Easter. As pre, we tell you every, every year, we come around and say, now be sure and go out and tell the world that he is risen. And I, I want you to do that. I want us to bear witness to that. I want us to live that way, and I want us to, sh- to share that good news. It is good news. But I also recognize that there just like the women were wondering who was going to roll that stone that, that was the obstacle to their experience of God's next thing, we have things that need to be removed. Might not be a rock. Maybe some fear. Maybe some sin. Maybe some worry or anxiety. And maybe, who knows what it is, an uncertainty. We have these things that, that need to be gotten out of the way in order for us to step in to the next thing that God is doing, the next thing that God has to say. And here's the good news. Their stone and your stone has been rolled away. Now, that's easy to say. I can stand up here and I can say that stuff all day. I can say, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry, don't, don't, don't worry about anything. I mean, God's with you. And, I say, and what I say is true. I, would, I, I promise you I won't lie to you about this stuff. But until we're able to experience the removal of the obstacles to this, this monumental truth of how God raised the dead and overcomes everything that would separate us from the love of God, then it, it's a story that we, sell, that we tell every year. And our response sometimes not that much different from the women. Bewildered, maybe trembling. Maybe we tremble because we think, well, that's really too good to be true. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that there really is a God? I mean, I read the papers, I look around, I have to wonder sometimes. You mean you're going to tell me that there really is a God and this God, this God really does love me? You're going to tell me that there really is a God, and this God always has the next word, the next word in our experience of life, that he's personal enough to know what's going on with me? That's exactly what I'm wanting to get across to you. And that this God is so great and so mighty and so powerful and so caring and so loving that not only would his son die, but he would raise him from the dead and open up a whole new life for us. And we haven't got it yet. If we had, the kingdom of God would be here. Things would be much different. But we take step by step. And we hear the good news. Don't, don't look for the living. 
in places where dead people hang out because he's not there. That stone's rolled away. He's risen. Now go tell the others to go to Galilee. That's where where he said he'd be. He's already there. Remember, there there are times in the Gospel of Mark where, where Jesus would talk to these disciples, and three times, at least three times, he predicted his death and resurrection. Now, you'd think if that would have been us, we'd have figured this out, right? After one time. But after three times, they really didn't ever figure it out. I, I, I thought about that. He said three times, the Son of Man, that was Jesus, will die and then the third day be raised from the dead. Now, if we could go back there, you do this yourself. I do it myself. If somebody's telling me something that I don't want to hear, I have some great defense mechanisms. And I cannot hear about anything. The disciples, this idea that Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to be put to death. I'm going to die. Well, they didn't want to hear that. They wanted a savior. They wanted a ruler. They wanted a leader. They wanted a king. And when you hear things that you don't want to hear, well, we can, we can, we can shut that down. But when we shut that down, then we don't hear the last part. And on the third day, be raised from the dead. And I had no frame of reference for that. That made absolutely no sense to them. And some of us would say the same thing. But that's the gospel. Jesus died. And now he's alive. He rose from the dead. And because of that, everything's different. Everything's changed. You're changed. There, there is hope that we could have never dreamed of. There is opportunity we could have never dreamed of. Our sins are forgiven in ways that we could have never imagined. Our, 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 our relationship with the living God is secure in ways we could never come up with ourselves. And so the, the messenger says, go to Galilee. That's where he'll be. You see, here's something that I wish I could really communicate this clearly. Whatever it is that you, that you you're, whatever questions you have, whatever doubts trouble you, whatever, whatever anxieties, whatever worries, whatever it is, whatever things that, you know, that's, that's going to happen this week. You got some things, you got some things out before you, right? There's some things that are coming up Wednesday that you're a little uncertain about. You're not exactly sure where this is going to go. Well, here's, here's what I draw from this text, and it's resurrection day. Wherever you go, whatever step you take, whatever you walk into in your life, the living, risen Lord Jesus Christ is already there. He's preceded you to that place. He's already in your Galilee, so to speak. So this is good news. We don't, we don't make Jesus do stuff for us. We can't persuade God to help us because God's already there. He's already rolled away the stone. He's already preceded us to the next place. And this is what happens when people follow Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we, we find ourselves going to those places where he is already inhabited. We find ourselves following the ways of Christ, the ways of the gospel into places in life that we could never imagine. We, we have no frame of reference for, and we walk into resurrection life and the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ. They said to the women, go tell the others, tell Peter to go on ahead of you uh, and to, to go because that's where, that's where Jesus is and, and, and following there. 
And the women were trembling, were bewildered. They were afraid. And they went out and they, they fled. They fled from the tomb. Now, <clears throat> if that was the end of the story, and that is the end of the story in Mark's abrupt ending. And I like the abrupt ending because it lets me think a little bit. It lets me see where I might find myself in the story. How does it intersect? Mark and Matthew evidently had the same source because they both end their story in Galilee. Mark comes along later and they fill some other things in. Matthew, he, he ends his story in, in Galilee with a word, go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all these things that I've commanded you. John ends his story, his gospel story, in Galilee as well, around the Sea of Galilee this time. And, and there it's, it's, a big pers- it's a big purpose of reconciling Simon Peter. So they have a fishing trip, and he, he gets Peter back in good graces. That could be your story. There could be a place where God wants to reconcile you, your past, with his present and his love. Luke, he, he's got a little different perspective. He's got mission on his mind, and so he's talking about the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit and the mission of the church going forward. But together we find the story, and together we experience the story, and together we hear the messenger of God say, now go, go to Galilee. The risen, living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, has gone before you. That's where he is. And you, you're either going to flee. You may not run out of here today. But we'll, we'll walk out of here today, and we'll, we'll either walk out of here today with a breath and a shrug of our shoulders and go on our way and say, well, that's another Easter. Did that again. Or maybe we'll hear that, we'll hear that word in our hearts afresh, maybe for the first time, and we'll go out of here and we'll go to Galilee. And we'll walk into the arms, into the love, into the grace of the risen, the living Lord Jesus Christ who makes all things new. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you pray with me? Hear our prayers, God, as we uh, celebrate the resurrection of your son Jesus Christ as we gather in this place to worship today. And now we pray, come Holy Spirit and, and, and make us to see the, the risen Lord before us as we take our step and we walk our way and we walk into your grace anew. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. We offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.